Um, but our first show was really good. Like, so good. Like, it was epically blessed. It was wonderful. And God is good. Uh, and so that was great. And I, my, like, my, even my parents and my little sister came and I got to like have a beer at the bar with my dad after we played and everyone was like, good set. And I was just like riding the high of like playing an awesome set with people that I love. Welcome to another episode of the Sloppy Syndicate. Uh, welcome in. We have Philly-based punk band Stud Count in the green room, ready to come on and pleasure your ear holes. So, folks, I've been listening to this band, relatively new band. However, they are making waves in the punk world. Uh, so, uh, female-fronted band, if you would put uh, Ramones, the Donnas, and Bratmobile together and they had somewhat of an orgy or, you know, conceived, you would get Stud Count. So, without further ado... Let's bring Stud Count in. Let's rock this joint! So, what is up? Thanks for coming on the show. It's a pleasure to have you. So, Yeah, of course, man. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Uh, let me turn that up. There we go. Um, so, based out of Philly, um, you guys uh, have experience with multiple other bands uh, from what I've read. And then, uh, so what was the deciding moment where you said, hey, let's, uh, you know, throw it old school. Let's do Stud Count and bring back the good old punk rock. Well, um, I've been playing in punk bands since I was like 12. Uh, like, and I don't know, man, people don't really get their band sound out of high school nine times out of 10. And so I don't know. I've been in a bunch of hardcore and punk bands. So have the rest of our guys, Norell's done like singer songwriter stuff for years. Um, and I guess it was like three years ago. I would just, you know, I just, stopped playing with a another like a hardcore band of mine and me and a drummer from philly had loosely talked about doing something of the more melodic variety uh but you know that's that's all talk every time you know it's never gonna happen so because i had nothing else going on suddenly i hit him up and i said let's get coffee maybe we could talk about what to do i wrote a, a demo's worth of like 77 songs um Originally, with the idea of me doing vocals, you know, probably would have ended up sounding something like Spiritual Cramp, like one of these other modern bands that has a lot of like 77 influence, maybe Exploding Hearts at the poppiest, but I can't really sing that well. So I'm really glad it didn't end up happening like that. Uh, and we went to the mountains um, where Neural's parents live um, for Thanksgiving at the time. And I was like, you know, honey, what if, what if I just, instead of teaching you all these guitar parts, what if you just sang? And sure, my eyes lit up and then she just killed it. I like, could what? not care about learning the guitar. Yeah. I tried and I just, cause I like finger picking and stuff. And I was like, I do not, I do not want to do this. Like, <laughs> so and, it's a good thing I sing. And I didn't even tell anyone, but I got to practice and I said, Hey guys, I, the first practice. And I said, Hey fellas and other people who aren't fellows, I suppose. Uh, I we should try Neuron vocals before we do anything, and they were like, oh, "That's kind of sudden," but everyone was like, "That sounds great." They were actually too excited. I was a little offended. Um, and <laughs> then she killed it. I mean, hell, we went. We ended up sounding so much cooler. So that's really how we came to be. This was the boredom was what happened. Boredom in Providence. All right. So, yeah, you guys had uh, your first EP come out in 2020, uh, January of 2020. Um, that's how uh, probably my, uh, you know, there's two uh, songs on that EP. Um, that's how I get uh, great vocals throughout um, the entire uh, catalog that you guys have. But um, that one gives me probably the most Ramoni vibes, which I love. Um, and then uh, Pleasure Center promo came out in August of 2020 as well. Uh, there's four songs on that. Uh, you heard a little bit of the intro um, that was uh, playing. So that was one of my other favorite songs. And then 2021, uh, the single Talking to You came out. Um, but however, we have some big news coming up um, that we are excited to share with the fans on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, as well as the podcast world. So if you're listening in the future, we appreciate you listening as well. Uh, so in five days, am I correct? Wait, I'm, I'm backwards. What's today? 
Yeah, so roughly five days. Uh, you are dropping. Today's the, tw- the 16th, right? Flag wagon day, right? That's the. Uh... Yep, 16th. Okay. Uh, so on the 20th, uh, they are dropping the newest single along with a video um, with their uh, debut album that's getting ready to drop in July of 2022. Um, so it's a full length album. Uh, how many songs are on that? 12 songs. Okay. So 12 songs coming out and, uh, man, they, um, are working hard. They got a ton of stuff going on. Uh, so tell us how it was to finally get a full length record going. And not only that, you guys are playing. So what fest, which is massive this year. I'm a little jealous. I can't make it, but, um, that's going to be one heck of a show, uh, with all different genres. So I, no, yeah, I I wrote those. I started writing those songs in 2019. So the fact that it's like finally coming out, I mean, I we went in and like recorded the whole record at the end of 2020. It's been like a long, long wait, man. Like we had one show three weeks before quarantine hit uh, in 2020, and it was amazing. And we were just riding that high, and we're like, yeah, let's go, let's demo this LP. And then COVID hit. And then COVID hit, and. <laughs> that was like we're coming on you know two and a half three years now and so for us one for smart punk to be nice enough to sign us i mean i only sent that record to a couple of people that's super backwards for me uh you know coming from playing like hardcore punk for the last 15 years like to like writing a more melodic record and like i never shot my record that i sent it to anybody you know like if your hardcore band hasn't been noticed by somebody at a certain point start a new one uh and so f- for, for one, I can probably speak for Neural on this front. We're super stoked that somebody cared enough to put out a record at all, but let alone a, a label with a legacy like Smart Punk. And then to be put on So What, just off the bat, that was the second show we ever agreed to. And yeah, so, that's that's huge. Smart Punk is like a huge deal. Or whatever is insane for us. So we're super stoked. We're touring around it. And yeah, man, I feel like a kid. Like I'm ready to go out there and, and have fun. I haven't played a gig. I played one with one of my other bands in October last year, and that's it for three years. Now, now would you say, you know, with uh, the quarantine and, and, and COVID, obviously kind of shut us down for a while. Um, would you say the band took full advantage of that, um, kind of uh, fine-tuning the, the album, finishing up the album? Um, so how did the quarantine affect you, uh, pros or cons? We had a great time. <laughs> yeah, I felt we kind of weird because everyone else was like, man, this really sucks. And, like, it did suck. Yeah. But we, we, I think we made the most of it. We were very blessed. Um, we had like a core group of friends, which was our band basically. So it's like, you know, we'd like, and when we would travel, we'd quarantine ourselves um, so that like we wouldn't get each other sick and stuff. Uh, but it was really cool because we would just hang out with each other. And that was our like tight knit group. But we'd get to practice. Like we'd still get to hang. We'd still make food together. Like oh, yeah. we'd still like have. By the time that 2020 was like halfway done, we were having some of the only parties in South Philly which were not really issues because everybody, we had our core group of friends. We had like an overlap of 10 people that we all hung out with and not really anyone else. And we, uh, I think I was more social in 2020 than I was in 2019, if we're being honest. And I did a lot of touring in 2019. So but it really, it really did the band well um, because it, it brought us closer together and we got to, I think in that time we wrote together too. Um, and so like we added stuff to that. Um, like I would bring lyrics to the, to the practice and like we just like go off of something somebody wrote or something and so it was really cool i think it really blessed us honestly yeah and I'll, yeah 100 percent. i agree with everything you just said and then also like these bands like I, I play in three right now and like the the way that my writing style is is that i just write it all in my head myself I teach it to our drummer who's the man uh brett he plays drums in all three of my bands and uh, shout Nar- out brett. yeah shout out brett uh, also shout out his cat I really wish you could interview him. He would. He would make. He's a thing. massive animal. He's so big. Yeah. Shout out, Doug. The cat. He's an. He's an absolute unit. He's a. Cat. He's, he's a. He's, he's chunky. Doesn't quite describe. He might be forty pounds. He might be like thirty. Yeah. He's a just. He's he, just you ever see Tony Soprano in his prime? He just basically it's the same idea. It's this big <laughs> South Philly cat. He's seen some stuff. He's seen some stuff, and I think he has. I think he has a South Jersey accent, which is weird because he's. <laughs> But great yeah, guy. great guy. Anyway, uh, so that's, like, that's like the mafia cat. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he surely has a past in the mob. But apparently, 
Brett watched him fend off three raccoons before he ended up bringing him. He was a stray first. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's got to be like, like, listen, man, I just need you to know that this is extremely important to describing our writing style. Uh, <laughs> the like he when was I, influential. When That's I fine. he's super influential. So like when I say that he's like <laughs> this big, like like he's like I know this sounds like a big fish situation, but I, I'm telling you, he's like gotta be like a foot longer than your average cat. He's not a Maine Coon though. He's just big dude, right? I don't know what and happened. Then, and then he's just like he's he's pretty fat too though. Like so it's not like he's like like only his girth is coming from being fat. It's also being coming from him being. Large. Huge, yeah. just a unit of a guy. So I'd say he was influential. I think he was super influential. It's hard not he to be. He brought us joy that day, in the know? hard times of COVID. Yeah, I mean, he was responsible for a portion of serotonin yeah. to me in particular at that time, yeah. at least. And I mean, so killer, killer, killer cat. You know, instead of killer dog, you got your killer attack cat. So <laughs> yeah, he's not going to attack anyone. Not directly. That's he's not too junky. That's not, not his job. He doesn't have to. He's the boss. Yeah. Anyway, right, uh, <laughs> true. But if you can fend off three raccoons, you're doing well. So. Yeah. I can't don't mess with him though. I can't. <laughs> Maybe one at best. So the uh, the my writing style, and you're all gonna attest to this, is that I've heard the whole record in my head already before it makes it to a practice. Uh, and with stud count, the cool part is that I write like 85% of it, and then I teach it to Brett, who will do a little thing or two to make it cooler, and then the uh, then Narelle will write these like super sick melody lines over it. Like these songs would all be Ramon songs if I was in charge. Every shirt that we make would be a black and white high contrast, and it would be pretty cool. It would be a solid 7 of 10 effort. But because of, like, Narelle's input and her, like, vocal style, and then Max, our guitar player from California, doing the leads and what have you, the hero, like, I give him an idea of what I'm looking for, and he'll do it way better than I could. It, it, in my opinion, it's a good it's a good 10 of 10 situation. Um, yeah, it's awesome that you guys were able to, um, you know, kind of be together during quarantine, because I know a lot of bands, they had to do, uh, you know, over the computer and just kind of send stuff obviously not everybody is close, you know, they may be in Jersey and one may be in PA. Um, so you guys had the benefit of uh, reaping some benefits out of uh, the quarantine. So that is awesome. Yeah. And Doug too. Uh, he, yeah. And him. Get him. Yeah. So, um, you know, what are your plans for uh, stud count? I know, obviously you said, like you said, you're in three bands. Um, you got signed by smart punk, which is huge playing uh so what festival, which is huge as well. Um, you know, so within, you know, the new record coming out, uh, what I see going for, you know, the, the new norm is you kind of drop one, two or three singles, uh, then you drop the album. Is that how you guys are going to kind of do this as well for the um, album coming up? You know, just like I just had gotten done saying that if I did things, they'd be pretty punk and cool and, and all that good stuff. But I've really tried to let smart punk take as much of the reins as they could for this. Because they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, like 100% for yeah. sure. Uh, and like, that's a, that's a typical album rollout though, man. Like, that's I, I'm, I'm excited about it. So what we're doing is, really what they're doing with us is we're doing this single. We They announced that we signed with them for that single, Talking to You. They did like a little flexi and shirt. People bought it. Super cool to see. Um, the We did... Like now we're doing, we did two videos in Nashville a couple months ago. Which was so cool. So cool. It was honestly one of the coolest experiences of my life. Yeah. Uh, and I've been playing music for a long time. But here's the thing. I've been playing punk and hardcore, so nobody cares, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> punk and hardcore kids kind of care. And that's cool. That was cool to see. But like Nashville was like crazy. Like we were hanging out with like one of the girls from like American Idol by accident. Like we were like, yeah, she see. came up to us. She was like, oh, you look like rockers. Let's hang out. And I was like uh yeah like, yes ma'am let's do that that's not <laughs> right. cool. uh weird. and then we'd so have cool. like apple music people like 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 coming up to our tables we accidentally ended up at the industry bar every night next to airbnb and that was it an i, I mean that as i mean that genuinely like yeah, i'm weird. i'm not trying to sell out all right <laughs> like i was minding my damn business having a diet coke and like the and then these people were like kept eyeing us for two nights in a row and then suddenly these People started hanging out with us, hanging out with us, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, we're for Apple Music," and like uh, they literally like on a high level. And I was like, "Why are you hanging out with us? We're playing punk rock. Are you sure? Like the, why are you sniffing like this?" <laughs> but anyway, it was super cool, and not to say anything wrong about that. I would love. It. Hey, it would be very dumb if we got offered some Benetton or another. You know, like the uh, the. Yeah, we didn't take it. If, 
yeah, we didn't take that. It'd be very stupid if we, if we were to say no. To yeah, like Nashville is uh, a world of its own. But uh, like you said, it's very, um, very diverse, very dynamic. And uh, I mean, I love Nashville. So uh, yeah, yeah. where are you from? Man? Um, so I'm in Orlando now, originally from a small farm town up in Michigan. Um, so I am right in the heart of Disney World, essentially. So oh, where in Michigan are you from? You could be specific with me. Oh, I'm from uh, so a little small town called Otsego. Um, it's about uh, 30 minutes north of Kalamazoo. Oh, yeah, we, we have friends. Oh. Up. We we have some close friends up in Kalamazoo. Okay. Uh, back yeah. when I was a little bit younger than this, and even less people cared about my bands, I used to do what's called touring and B and C markets, and we would do a lot of Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo. You okay. Know? Yeah. And uh, we had a blast. Uh, those kids are dedicated, man. Yeah, it's nice to see now that the. Uh, I mean, there was music when I was growing up, but it's not. Uh, it wasn't as. Um, I mean, a small farm town. Maybe I was just sheltered. I don't know. But uh, you know, they have the Upheaval Festival in Grand Rapids now, so they're starting to uh, bring some some bigger festivals that way. You got um, uh, Louder Horses or Faster Horses Festival. I think they're still doing that at the Michigan Speedway, which is like a three day country fest. Um, so it's just nice to see some stuff coming back to Michigan or uh, things that haven't been to Michigan. I miss it, but um, yeah, the small farm town, I just get so bored. And uh, I was I was the oddball in uh, school because um, small farm town, I would wear my Jinkos, you know, I had my ears gauged, a mohawk, or, you know, and I, I'd have these like flame shoes, these, you know, crazy, I'd wear the craziest stuff. And, you know, so um, I didn't really fit in much up there, but when I moved to Florida, I moved here when I was 16. And, uh, it was like a totally different world had opened up because it's uh, it's kind of crazy how like you have your groups and I hate to explain it this way, but you had like the jocks, you had the preps, you had the punks, you had the the rockers and, and everyone just kind of stuck together. So, um, yeah, Why I do you need to explain it like that. It's true. People, <laughs> people are pretty classifiable, man. That's right, the... but I, I, I hate classifying things. Um, I guess it's, I don't know. I just don't like to put somebody in a category, probably because it's not PC anymore. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, back then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm part of the punk group, you know? So, you know, we'd have our mohawks and all that cool stuff walking around with our uh, plaid cut off shorts. <laughs> yes. Oh, I remember. Yes. No, I also grew up in a small town in rural mountain Pennsylvania. Um, after growing up in Allentown, like up until 10. And so then, you know, my formative years, uh, I spent in high school being one of the only like three punks in our school. People yeah. would be like, why does she shave half of her head? You know, what's up with her? What's, what's her problem? <laughs> so I understand that. Yeah, it's uh, crazy how, how it was back then. But now uh, things are so much more uh, accepted now. Um, it's kind of cool to see that um, it's kind of doing a 180. So punk's coming back, emo's coming back, you know, all the stuff that was cool when we were younger in high school uh, is, is kind of coming back. Even the Jinkos are coming back, but I'm sorry, I'm not paying 300 bucks for a pair of Jinkos. So can, can I ask you a question, man? It's okay. If this is too personal. I know this is a deep one for you. How old are you? Man? Uh, I'm 35. No, I just turned 36. I had a, yeah, 36. Happy birthday to you. Uh, so yeah, you. You're in our rough age group. Nero is 27. I'm going to be 28 on Friday. Woo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm 31. So we're in the same age group for sure. That's, yeah. uh, I was a little younger though. So I like came, my me getting into punk was like, it was at the street punk time when it was like, I grew up in about an hour, maybe a little less from Manhattan. Uh, and the, so like I was near enough to New York that I, would, I went to a few of the last CBGB shows. Like as a oh, team, that's awesome. It was very cool. I got denied from one of them because they were really trying to save the venue, and they weren't letting kids in, which is so dumb. Uh, but I got to counterintuitive. See, it was so counterintuitive. <laughs> but Hilly was still trying to do like the like really trying to save the venue. They were doing like you know they were doing these crazy reunions. Like I got to see the Dead Boys play there at one of these. Like obviously, Steve Bader's been dead for a long time, but like the uh, he was it was like Cheetah Crow was singing. Uh, you know, Flipper played that show. It was one of the craziest lineups I've ever seen in my life. But I was 14, so I definitely appreciated it, but probably not to the amount that mm -hmm. I would know. Uh, right. But the thing is, I grew up, and there were only four punks in my school, too, because I was 45 yeah. minutes outside of the city, maybe five. But I grew up at a time where, like, I don't know if you remember this, but they had this in Michigan, but, like, if you were street punk, there was, like, this whole, like, you got to be decked. Do you remember that term at all? Like, nope, we didn't have like, that. No, you're looking decked as fuck. 
and I and I'll be like, thanks, bro. I really appreciated it. <laughs> you know, it meant like you had like all your studs like all up in your business. You look right. Your hair was spiked the right way and what have you. Like your, you know. And so I came at a time that my point is that it was much less cringy when I was into it. Uh, and we, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we didn't have jinkos. We weren't that cool, but we we did ask each other one another's sub count genuinely. So. That's where we, we are clearly on to something, you know, but it's a tongue in cheek. Yeah, so it's, count. it's a joke, but I'm sure we'll get there. But anyway, yeah, no, I, I love, I love pop rock. So uh, I don't know what we're talking about. I bet, we have it. I bet it was important. Though. So stud count, go ahead and elaborate on uh, the name of the band. Oh yeah. He came up with it. Give us a little taste of it. So a little, a little taste. <laughs> go ahead. Have yourself a little taste. <laughs> See what happens. Go ahead, Matthew. Take this. Uh, uh, so I have a rule and that is that I will not name my band to take your name. I don't care. The, my five years before that, maybe in the last, so for the last decade, I have my, one of my rules at first was like, well, if I have a take a name, it's gotta be by a band that didn't do anything at all or a band that's from like Europe or something or a band that is a completely different genre if they're from another country, you know what I mean? So like there was an EDM band of the same name as one of my past projects. I was like, whatever. That's true for waste management as well. That's true for spine. I don't know if you knew that. Like, there's, but say it's actually true for no tolerance too. Yeah. Um, the, but stud count. That that there is no band called stud count. Thank God. But the the idea is that like we're yeah we're playing punk, but it's like super poppy. Like it kind of sounds like the Sundays and the Cranberries more than it does like. I don't know what's a like like the Circle Drinks or something else that I would like you know that kind of punk you know. And so that's the idea is that it's like, you know, nobody's asking me my stud count in 15 years, but the idea is that like, it's, we're punks, but we're playing pop music. So the joke is that it's like a crash. You're a, bi you're a big a stud. That's where it came from. You're the big stud. Because I'm a big macho sort of stud. <laughs> and of course I'm very cool and handsome, right? I mean, I and agree. So the, yes. I married you. So. Yes, true. The, uh, and folks, uh, if you look up, um, you know, five years ago, with that stash, he might have been in a porno. So, I can guarantee that's not <laughs> the the. So anyway, the idea here is that stud count is like a is like a joke at the fact that we're playing pop music. Uh, okay, I wasn't sure if it was involved with like this. The you know we always had studs on our jackets, the studded belts. So. Yeah, that's the idea. Is that like it's like it's a it's a it's a cred check on the fact that all these punks in this band are playing pop music together. Which the, the great irony is that I don't think anyone else hears that as pop music. But when you're playing power violence and hardcore punk in every other band, it just kind of feels that way when you write a non-chorus non on half your record. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it'll only sound softer to people who actually like punk. 100%. Which maybe is part of the reason we named the stud count, because it's like you're not going to really get that unless you... Unless you already like punk. Unless you had a stud count at some point. Yeah. <laughs> See, I yeah, personally... Obviously, we were very cool in punk rock when we were younger, uh, asking people the amount of studs that they get. Yes. Yeah. So there it is. There it is. I still love the stud belt, but I, I can't pull it off anymore. You know, oh, I bet you could. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now I just wear cut-off shorts and usually cut-off shirts everywhere I go. That's why they don't call me White Trash Donnie for nothing. So. I like yeah. it. Good. Well, in Florida, <laughs> you got to. Yeah. And yeah, so um, I'm excited to see what the new album of coming out obviously you guys got some big things in the work uh, in the works and um man this it, it's been a long time in the making not in the making but long time coming i'm heading to rockville this wednesday finally some live music um after a couple of years it's finally coming back um so do you guys have a tour leading up to so what or are you going oh. to so what and then a tour How, how's that working it's like right in the middle yeah it's like um well just honestly, cost efficiency wise, it just doesn't make sense. Like until like, as a new band, they're not going to be giving us the kind of money at a fest that you're worth flying out for, like, especially because, so you were talking earlier about quarantine, right? And like how in quarantine, we all had the luxury of being together. Well, Max, our guitar player lived in Orange County again. He's from there. And then like everyone else, for some reason, in the last eight years, he moved to Philly and he was there for what, six or eight to eight months. Yeah. before quarantine hit and, and that's he, when he became part of the band and then yeah when quarantine hit he moved back home. yeah so he did those leads from a distance yeah. okay uh and he like the the person who was playing bass in our band Haley, quit 
because they moved to Central California. And then Jake's, uh, Max is our guitar player's best friend who plays in like another band that you'd probably be into if you like this stuff called Which Way. Um, he was like, he had it with Funko on me and he just joined on the bass yeah. and backup vocals. And so like that really right now is a band. We're living in Philadelphia, East Tennessee, and Orange County. Uh, and so, yeah. So what we're doing is we're meeting up. We're kicking off in East Tennessee, which is a good sort of central location. Uh, we're kicking off Johnson City. We're doing Nashville. We're doing Little Rock. We're doing the Fast. We're going to be there all weekend to hang out. My brother's flying in from Los Angeles, which we're very excited for. Uh, we're Kansas City on the way back. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Chattanooga, which has a crazy music scene right now. And then going home. Uh, ending. That's so pretty cool. It's our first so, tour. So we're doing like three on one end, three on the other. And. Uh, yeah, I'm stoked, man. We're, I'm also really excited to go to this fest because it's so weird. I'm so I'm I feel twelve. Like I've been to like, Warp Tour, I've been to This Is Hardcore, like I've been to like you know other things that are kind of like they all kind of make sense, but this one is so like vast genre wise that I'm just like I don't even know what I'm gonna watch. Like I, yeah, same. Know, I have no idea. I don't even know what I'm gonna do. Yeah, when I saw the lineup and what they were doing, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, like, there's I mean, you have hip hop, you have I mean, you have every I mean, every genre imaginable at that festival. So that's going to be wild. And um, yeah. So have you uh, what is it? We are young fest as well. Um, that's we another. Young. Yeah, we that's another young. big yeah. one coming out. Um, and everyone at first thought it was like, uh, uh, what is it? Fryer Fire Fest, like 2.0, because they had like this lineup of like my cat, like all these bands. And they're like, there's no way they're going to play that in one day or two days. And then they extended it like three days. And then now it's four days and like two different weekends. And they so, I mean, so much. I mean, I get it. My Chemical Romance fans are a real breed, man. Like they like, they're like, their fandom is crazy. It's like completely transgenre. Like they're like, and I get it. My Chemical Romance is a cool band. It was not really my thing. I mean, when I was in middle school, it's hard to avoid it. Like, I was like too punk for school when Three Cheers for Street Revenge came out. But then I was like a few years later after I started caring, I stopped caring so much. I was like, man, this is like a baller record. But they're like fans fans. I mean, there are people whose entire lives changed because they heard I'm not okay. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, they, I get they, it. When they reunite, man, they do like three hundred dollar tickets at every single venue, and they sell it out. That's money. Like, that's money, man. And it's also just <laughs> crazy. It's they're that yeah. sort of wondering why that hasn't happened for AFI at any point. So, yeah, and uh, I think my cam just dropped uh, a new single uh, the other day. Um, uh, first time in eight or nine years, I think they said. So definitely gonna check that one out. And um, yeah, just I love how the. Uh, not older bands, but you know, our, our age or our era bands are kind of coming back and they're, you know, I wish they'd just bring warp tour back and do like every five year, like do like five year reunions. Like, okay, you know, this year, the 25th, the 35th, the 30th, 35th, you know, every five years just have a, a, you know, one circuit, you know, give us what we want, bring it back. Come on. Yeah. I never went to warp tour, man. I got to tell you being really punk is such a burden. Like I like <laughs> the, <laughs> I had a good time. I know you did. I nearly You're, got heat stroke, but I had a good time. I like, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, like, they like, the great irony is the bands that got me into punk were on Warped Tour. That when they like, the, I feel like if you would have gone earlier on in their By the time 2003 rolled around, it just wasn't cool to like warp Tour for like punk punks. What was cool was spending hours on your hair, <laughs> <laughs> like an absurd amount of money and time on your appearance, and talk about anarchy while living at your mom's house. That was was really cool. Uh, yeah. That was that. Yeah. That is cool. Unlike making money playing punk or something. <laughs> right. Uh, but honestly, it's not selling out. It's buying in. I know. Honestly, I love that idea. Honestly, like SLC Punk is a very weird, warped representation of what punk is for sure. Great movie, but that line is so. It's based in epic and also sick. The it's not selling out, son. It's buying in. Like I agree. Honestly, there's nothing unpunk about Green Day being able to live off of their music. The last thirty something years, you know. Yeah, and they were my like growing up. They were on my all time favorite. I'd, they're I'd always jam out to them. You're an idiot if you don't think that that like Dookie, American Idiot, like those are those are 
baller records. Yeah. Straight up. Some of the first like power chords I learned were for like Brain Stew. Oh but, yeah. <laughs> it's smoke on the water for punks. Yes, uh, well that too. And Blackbird. That's where Blackbird. I learned to finger pick. I'm just saying. Yeah, it was it was nice because I, I was you know, I grew up and I, I was so diverse. Like I listened to the punk, the emo, rock, metal, everything. So um I'm glad I, you know, didn't fall into one category like oh I hate you know, some obviously we all know somebody that hates country or hates, you know, different genres, but um I love it all. The only thing I can't get down with is classical. That uh, puts me to sleep. So Well that's its purpose. Right. <laughs> this, no. I totally disagree. I'm teasing. They, uh, honestly, I went to school for music, so I, I grew a love for <laughs> classical. Don't I also, mind her. I She's to, an actual music. I had to sing. Like, um, my major was singing, so it's like I was classically trained. So I learned. Okay. So it makes sense. Yeah. Dude, she's like literally one of the most talented vocalists I've ever heard. Of I appreciate that. Well, I take yeah. the classical back. I apologize. <laughs> no, you don't have to. Yo, your opinion was already stated. Don't yeah. be soft. No, right. Not the band, though. Not Emotional damage. <laughs> listen, man. The but listen that I will say this about in Warp Tour's defense. All right, the if I had got if I had been like five years older than I am, I would have loved to go see like Bouncing Souls and like Lagwagon and like gutter mouth and like that era warp tour you know like honestly okay i'll, I'll cut it to you straight too blink 182 slapped in the 90s like i was like eight maybe nine when i found a bootleg of one of their records at a flea market i was like oh this is amazing they're talking about pee they're talking about girls they're like they're not doing it the same way that r kelly necessarily does it but they're doing both right. like they're like and I was like, yo, this drives exactly with my sense of humor and desire of what I want to hear. But it was still the punkest thing I'd ever heard because I was eight and nine years old. And you gotta like those melody lines. Too. Plus, they're perfect, man. Like honestly, like the I haven't kept up since two thousand three. I mean, I know that this will be a hard disagree between us. We don't disagree much, but I don't care for neighborhoods or or for for dog dogs eating dogs. I liked dogs eating dogs. I gave I, it a shot, but the I liked it. The they're a good band, and honestly. I mean, musically speaking, Jude Ranch is so close to, like, if you, like, Reach the Sky and other melodic bands like that from the 90s, like Lifetime and, like, that stuff, Liquid 82 would be an easy thing to throw into that rotation. I'm not calling them a hardcore band, but what I am saying is you're an absolute poser if you don't hear the legitimacy on the record Jude Ranch. Yeah, that's one of my favorite records. And then uh, the President of the United States, uh, Peaches. And then Everyone Loved Peaches. I love the blue, I, I love the Dune Buggy song. Little Bloom Dune Buggy. Are you talking about the man President of the United States of America? Yeah. Oh, I had that record too. I bought that when I was seven at a, at a yard sale. My mom liked yard sales. I don't know what's wrong with it. Hey, um, I still yard sale. I thrift. I do all that stuff. Oh, it's yeah. Fun, well, so. My parents are also Jewish, which explains a lot of that. But the like the... Yeah, man, I'm like in your in the defense of Warp Tour. I I wasn't into it because I was too cool for school. But like the honestly, I kind of wish I was less cool. And the because... I still remember the craziest set when I went in like 2012 was like the Chariot. They were just insane. I was like, what is happening? I, no one knew what was going on. Not even them. <laughs> it, was, it was wild. You were talking about categorizing people though, and that's the craziest thing. Is I don't know what it was like when you were uh, the when you were in high school or whatever, but where I came from, like subculture was divided as hell. Like the, like emo and punk was like, no, we're fighting. Like, and it was like, it was all like super tongue in cheek and corny. Like bands were talking about songs. Like they had a song called like, Oh fuck emo or like emo is gay or something. And I, and I was like, yeah, you know, something emo, emo is pretty gay. And then, and then like, and then the great irony is that like, it took me like three years to be like, you know what? This taking, taking back Sunday record actually slaps. Uh, you I, I the error in your ways. I realized the error in my ways. It was, I, I had slightly less spiky ways soon afterwards because I was like, you know Did what? Did you get a little sad? I got a little sad. <laughs> I got a little sadder than angry. I started processing my emotions and suddenly the AFI discography started to make sense to me. And, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, this is amazing. I honestly wish I was less cool when I was younger. Yeah, we kind of uh, rallied together, the weird group, uh, rallied together with everybody. So we, what uh, did we have to do in small town? See, that's what we had to do. All the weird kids sat at one table. I lived in a Midwest city for a few years when I was younger, and it was the same situation. All the cool stuff gathered at the same places. 
the the only bar with vegan options, right? You know, had had punk bands on alternating nights, and uh, they sometimes they'd have a metal night or whatever it is, like yeah. the indie. That was yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. So I wish once more. Wish I was less cool. What's late. up, E? Thanks for joining us. Uh, Justin Bell, exactly emotional damage. Hey, Van Tony, thanks for joining us. Uh, Primus, that's a good band there. Primus. Oh, yeah. So, the race to drivers, clutch. Uh, so many good bands from back in the day, but um, yeah, try not to be so cool. And you know, oh, I'm way cooler now. It's too um, late. <laughs> He's cooler now because he got less cool. <laughs> I heard, I heard, saves the day once. And I was like, you know something? I think I'm a little bit through being cool. Yeah. And then, you started uh, listening to Mineral. I started, and I was Some like, braid. Oh. I mean, don't, don't say that. It's going to trigger it. He's from the Midwest. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Russ? Thanks for joining us. Folks, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to throw them in the chat. Uh, we are Come just on, ask us a question. Right. Uh, so how can we support Stud Count? Um, do you guys have merch, CDs? How, how can we support the band? I do know this. Um, well, number one, come out. Come out to the gigs, man. Or to Sewa Fest. And or to Sewa Fest. And come early, yeah. because we're early on Saturday. Uh, come to the shows. If you're, like, anywhere in the Midwest or American South, like, you'll be within two hours of a Stud Count show. We're, like, on, we're on Instagram also. We're on Instagram. Which, where all of these shows we're are posted. On, we, we were forced to make a Twitter at gunpoint by our label. Uh, That's not true. No, it's true. <laughs> Who knows if there were bullets in the gun? I heard it was a roulette of I know we're not supposed to say the R word anymore, but we're, it was a Russian roulette of some sort. Um, the, uh, but uh, you can, like, I mean, I think that, like, to be frank with you, the merch won't be back up on the on the websites until we're done touring. We got, like, we got three new cuts of merch for this stuff. Um, I guess when the singles drop, one on Friday, one on the 17th of June, one on somewhere in July, mid-July, and then boom, July 21st, 22nd, whole record's out. So spin that stuff, listen to it, get Spotify like a grown-up and stream it there because those things really matter. I mean that. I know, I mean, I'm not part of grown-up. You can do whatever you want about your dad, but the, I do mean that like Spotify really helps, you know, like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, Justin. Those might be funny word, uh, fighting words. Uh, he had a punk band in high school, and we had a song called "Fuck Emo." So, you know, small world. <laughs> Yo, Justin, were you in the virus? Is that why? <laughs> were you in specifically the band? Oh no, it wasn't the virus. That's like, did you ever listen to the virus, man? I didn't know. They were a, a fun street punk band from Philly, but like, half their dudes moved to LA and started a band called Cheap Sex in like 2004. And they had a song called Fuck Emo, and it had like little sound clips of a guy pretending to be emo. And like, <laughs> it started with like a like a sound clip of this guy who was like talking about Dashboard Confessional or something. Like, I like that. I love Dashboard Confessional now because I'm an, an adult, right? It didn't take good that driving. Long. Good, good, good record. Honestly, the, you know what else is good? I mean, you're, you live in Florida. Did you ever listen to the band beforehand? Um, Snowbirds and Townies. What's the name of the band? Further Seems Forever? Nope. Sick. Much more akin to, say, like a mineral or a braid. Um, the, I'm, ri I'm writing these down so you know, so I can check them out. So. Dude, please, man. If you just want to get sort of sad in a Floridian way, you can do it. Right? I'm pretty sure one of the guys in Further Seems Forever was a strong arm, too. Um, so, the hardcore band. Uh, yeah, you could support us that way. Be praying for us. That's a good thing too. Be for pray for me and Matthew. Uh, so Justin, uh, uh, he played with the the virus though. Me and also myself and also my wife. <laughs> but, All two of you. There's only one. Oh, both of us. What's up, accountant? Thanks for coming in. I hope you dig the stuff. I mean, I I'll say this: if you're like a punk punk guy who like will not listen to like stuff with choruses that are catchy. Just, uh, just listen to wait. Is the third one of the like half the record is like harder songs? Yeah. Like it's an even mix of like it's melodic, an even mix of like like yeah. Go ahead. Like, of yeah, of like melodic poppy stuff and then harder, um, very like hard hitting like. I mean, we like, have we have two songs I would argue are hardcore songs. Yeah. we have two songs that are like basically a minute long. Yeah, <laughs> like, and just like to the point. Right? See, I like. 
I haven't had a punk band on in a long time. I even had to go get my nose pierced. I went and got my nose pierced yesterday just so I could fit in and feel punk again. Did you so. really do that? Yeah. <laughs> well, Not me... for the show. I'm just messing around. But yeah, I went and got my nose pierced yesterday. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I was like, spur of the moment. I'm like, I'm going to go. There was this weird time when like everybody, like my sir, are you ready to hear how absolutely whack I was as a teenager? I got so bullied in getting punker and punker by the time I was 16 that I was like, if it's not from Finland, I'm not listening. And like, I got like a little septum piercing and like half my, my head died, like different colors. And I was like, we were all very spiky, but I was like, unless it's like obscure lo-fi D beat from Europe, I'm not listening. And there was this, this, this era where people were getting so punk that like, they were so punk that they were like, you know what? You know what's even more punk than that? Folk punk. And then that... I like folk punk. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Here's the thing: it didn't age well. The uh, maybe not, but at it, the time it was sick. It was it was sick for like a couple of bands. Not the buddy can write some songs, but they were they were starting to get like barefoot, and they basically gave birth to like Tumblrite hipsterism, which which is true, which is really really been... really whack comparatively yeah. to shouting anarchy from your mother's house, right? Uh... <laughs> yeah. What was cool? Uh was the snake bites that was what you know that was cool in I high school that. snake bites and then this, um, this whatever piercing right here between your nose up by you know your eyebrows started getting cool oh, yeah. i'm like I yeah I'm not, i just did the snake bites because i thought that was cool and stretched my ears that's as far as i went so you know it is actually also very cool that or is it cool anymore that was really cool that we've gotten to watch come and go the dangly thing the like a dangly at one point in time things were getting like and this might sound made up i don't know what's going on in florida that during this time but uh, at least where I was living in India and then also in Philadelphia, there was this time period where like my brand of hardcore and punk guy was getting like um, so annoyed by people getting into hardcore. Uh, sounds counterintuitive, but it is what it is. Uh, that like, cause like bands like backtrack and trapped under ice were blowing up. Uh, and they were like, uh, that these like metalcore converts would come in and we were just like, well, you're a poser. Why are you at the show? I don't want to get you into cool things. I want you to leave. Like, and then it basically, we were like, how can we get away from this? They've discovered our like New York hardcore type bands. Like they they know who no warning is now. What are we going to do? And so we were just like, we should go faster than this. Let's all be in youth crew band suddenly. Hey guys who are also straight edge, any of you, uh, let's do a youth crew band. And then people are like, I like youth crew now too. And we were like, ah, we got to get more punk than this. And then we were just like, all right, that's it. That's over. We've all got to sound exactly like negative approach and make all of our records super lo-fi. And then basically we were like, and we're only playing in basements. If you're not willing to come to the basement, you ain't legit. And so then, and so then we did for years and then everyone caught on. We were like, and then two things happened. One, hardcore kids just went back to playing whatever the hell we wanted to. And then the leftovers from the art school crowd became way worse. And they were just like, like art school ism became a thing. They were like, oh, you sneezed wrong in West Philly? Canceled. The, uh, and so then it basically became impossible to detect who was actually legit or not. So it turns out we're all just sort of posers. But anyway, the, the, <laughs> the one thing that became very frustrating is if you saw somebody with like leather gloves and like a dangly and like a leather, right? We we're like, oh, cool, a real person. We could talk. And then suddenly about five to seven years ago, that stopped being true. So. Yeah, it was so. I mean, the world is judgmental now, but it, I think it was a little more judgmental for our scene when we were younger. I you know, a big fan of you know so. so I mean, I'll sit there and judge anyone all day long. I'm a I'm a people watcher, so I'll sit on the bench, you know, just you know, making well, fun of people myself. Me, so people watching the short there. <laughs> right. I, I literally like this dude. Already. Are you gonna so make him like, a sign? Uh, I'll be like, why trash today? <laughs> <laughs> my boy blue. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, I, is that a question that I see? What was your most memorable gig and why? Yep. So that's from Justin. Uh, what's your most memorable gig and why? For this band? Well, any, any band. <laughs> is it is it that we had to play it or is it that we went to it? Justin, help. <laughs> I'm gonna say either or. Okay. Well, first I want to hear White Trash Johnny's most memorable gig. <laughs> oh God. You can name I, two. How about that? That'll make it easier. Oh man, my most memorable gig. Shoot, I was uh not old enough to drink. I know that much. Um Crazy. and uh yeah, so my my one of my 
very first girlfriends um, had a very influential family down here and uh, they knew a bunch of people um, and I'm middle class, I guess you would say, you know, I grew up middle class, poor middle class. And, uh, you know, so I'm hanging out with all these, you know, oh, let's drive Mercedes, you know, whatever money wasn't a thing. And uh, they said, oh, you know, it was um, an 18th birthday party and she's, she plays in movies now. She's been in multiple movies and uh, it was her 18th birthday party. And everyone said, bring a bottle. So I brought a bottle of Southern comfort because I'm white trash and it's cheap. And I get there and I put it down and everyone looks at me like, who the hell brings Southern comfort? Nobody drank it. Everyone had like gray goose, you know, the fancy stuff. So I was like, whatever. I just started drinking out of the bottle. Last thing I remember, I mean, this house was the coolest coolest house ever there was a tree house that had a hot tub in it what? so i was like i was memorized mesmerized i've never seen anything like that out in the country so um last thing i remember is uh falling back off of the um the table there and uh apparently blacked out and uh woke up to uh being naked and a video of the next day of my girlfriend at the time, uh, taking pictures of these girls dancing, like stripping on me while I'm passed totally out. So I don't remember that. And then another one, I was 16 at this time. <laughs> and, uh, this was the, probably the most miserable experience of my existence. Um, so I was 16 working at Disney world, taking pictures on main street. Mind you, it's summertime. It is freaking humidity it, it, it's hot as heck i hated it to begin with and i was hung over this day so it made it even worse uh so we went uh everyone i worked with was much older we went out never got id'd for some reason and uh it was like six dollar four five six dollar pitchers of beer so i mean we were literally pounding them and i ended up puking all over the table uh thankfully one of them was smart enough to take my id and put it in you know their pocket and uh Obviously, I couldn't drive home. They took my keys at the bar and uh, got in the back seat of one of the friend's cars. Mind you, I have to be to work at like 8, 9 o'clock the next morning. I opened the door at like 6 a.m. because I had to pee like a horse. The alarm goes off, and I don't know what apartment they live in. So I'm just like, okay, what do I do? And uh, so I open the door. I go pee in the bush. The alarm's going off. The alarm's get shut off. So I'm like, well, I don't want to open the door again. So I sleep on the curb next to the car for the next hour and a half until we have to leave for work. And yes, Disney does have a tunnel underneath that we have to go through, get our wardrobe. And I had to go in a puke shirt and some shorts no. uh, to work. And then that's not even the worst part about it. The worst part about it is after work, I begged all day long to like, let me go. And they finally let me go like an hour early. I had to walk through Magic Kingdom in my puke clothes, like puke shirt, hoping nobody noticed, kind of walking like this. I had to catch one of the buses from uh, Magic Kingdom to, it was downtown Disney at the time. And I had to walk from downtown Disney to the bar, which was like a mile and a half just to get my car. Miserable two days of my life. So those are probably some of the, I have so many stories. So, Why try to we, we better like hang out. IRL here soon. You seem like a guy who knows how to have fun and also to have no fun. Uh, so I bet you have a really good scale for exactly what to do. It's all in or all out. It's all in. Let's, let's do all in. <laughs> well, Sarah, do you want to tell about maybe two of your favorite shows? Sure. Most memorable? Um, well, most memorable that I've played because I've done singer-songwriter stuff. Um, so I've done like acoustic tour stuff. Um, but probably the first Doug Count show in Philly. Um with Lux and Jill and Webwing. Have, you, great have you heard Webwing, man? They're very good. Um, so, uh, Grace and John say hi. Yeah, oh, I love those people. Have you heard Webwing? <laughs> no. The Trash Donnie? Do you, know, do you remember Super Heaven? Nope. All right. <laughs> See, look, you're way cooler than me. That's, that's, oh, wait, just... that's That can't be right. So, Webwing is a big deal, and they're very good. They're very, they're, they're very sick, and I would recommend them. Yeah. Um, but our first show was really good. Like, so good. Like, it was epically blessed. It was wonderful. And God is good. Uh, and so that was great. And I, my, like, my, even my parents and my little sister came, and I got to, like, have a beer at the bar with my dad after we played. And everyone was like, good set. And I was just, like, riding the high of, like, playing an awesome set with people that I love. 
and um having like my family there was really cool and it was pretty bad it was just too. great yeah it was so cool we, we broke we, every rule to make that show happen, and we so, even like yeah. sold our only merch which was like yes. download cards and uh two-inch <laughs> yeah. pins, and, two -inch pins. Uh, and that was cool but the my favorite that i've seen is my favorite band from blind or i'm from sweden they're called blindside um I saw them in New York after they had done, they, they had stopped touring, but actually this year they're playing Furnace Fest and I so wish that I could go because I love them we're, so much. We're, we're, we're fingers crossed, prayers in the air for uh, a band to drop or two because we're in the running to get on it if possible. Yeah, which so. would be sick. Um, but yeah, seeing them and like, because I grew up listening, like when I was 10 years old, I put their CD um, about a burning fire in my uh, little angel angel girl like cd player it was like oh. it was like baby blue and i'd sit in the back of like my parents like minivan and i just like jam out to the same 10 songs like just again and again and again oh i had records like and that so when time. i got yeah. to see them like as a 21 year old in new york city i was just like out of my mind like i don't usually fangirl when i meet people but i saw christian linskog and i was like i can't talk to him <laughs> he's way too cool it turns out he was not too cool what about you what are your favorite shows you probably have a lot. I don't know. Okay, I will say this. I would put that stud count show in my top ten shows I've ever played. That that being our first show and it being like we broke every rule. Like the Haley was playing bass in a band at the time, booked it in South Philly. We all came up with like a lineup. We were headlining over two bands that had already done been around. Yeah. Uh, nice. and we were opening for a band that I like would want one. It was very sick. I don't. I'm not gonna use that for my two though. One I will say is that it was that was that Dead Boys with Cheetah Chrome show at 14 going into the city. I was up to like 3.30 a.m. to watch these bands. The lineup was Furious George, which is like an old punk band from New York. Adrenaline OD, which is like a legendary New Jersey hardcore band. Uh, Flipper. It's Flipper, man. Like they, they haven't <laughs> played in like 30 years at this point, or 20. You know, that was 20 years ago. Uh, good Lord. Um, Peter and the Test Two Babies, which is crazy for me. Uh, from the UK, and that was that was just amazing for me. I mean, that will go on my punk resume for the rest of my life. Really hope it gets me high in some place. The, uh, the other, um, I've seen some crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, mine weren't really like, uh, obviously I'm not, you know, in a band, so I, I'm not really band-based, but um, we did uh, have a big um, group meetup for one of the country concerts. Uh, who was it for? Oh, Chris Stapleton. And, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, some of our beard friends, you know, that own some beard companies, put up a tent and, uh, you know, I had my cutoffs on. I'm I'm running around barefoot handing out like beers and shots to whoever's coming by. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I start like underhanding beers to people. Like I literally brought this big cooler full of like natties just to throw out. And, uh, never they'll never let this down i underhanded a beer to a girl and she didn't catch it and it smacked her right in the eye oh no so yes yeah what this, did she do this, what happened this next? is peak knowing exactly how to and how not to have fun. <laughs> so um yeah i was uh i was kind of banned from uh throwing any more beers after that so <laughs> but hey did she, did she yell at you no, she was like, I mean, it hit her in the face. She didn't get, I mean, it wasn't hard. I literally underhanded, but it still popped her in the eye. And I was yeah. like, wound up like Brooklyn Dodger style. Just right. <laughs> and then, uh, so I walked over and I handed her one, so I didn't hit her in the eye again. But um, yeah, so I, I have so many crazy stories that uh, we'd be here for six weeks. But uh, well, listen, White Trash on it. You and I need to actually hang out here soon. That's what needs to happen. Like, are you cool with that? Can we do that? I'm cool with it. Let me know when you're uh, close to Florida. I'll come hang well, out I'm with too you. Enthusiastic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I guess that? I will. God. Okay. Well, there have been a lot of like bucket list things that have happened for me in my life. Like I got to play this hardcore a few years ago. That was really cool for me. Um, but as far as like seeing things, I think I was 14. And I went to see Rancid in New York City. Uh, and the, the thing about it that made it so cool is I didn't give one flying heck about any of the bands they were playing with. And I still don't. It's not that I didn't know what I was seeing. It's that they were on this weird tip where they were playing with like New York hardcore alumni a lot. But in, in the early 2000s, New York hardcore alumni was doing hip hop. And it was That's true. not really for me. It was not my, not my scene. 
So I had to sit through Slub Lords with a Z before I got to see Rancid. Uh, oh, I know what it is. Seeing the Addicts in Manhattan in 2005. Oh, that's cool. I saw the Addicts in Manhattan yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2005. Oh, yeah. And they were opening. The bands that were opening was this band from Philadelphia called The Ghouls. And The Ghouls were like this horror-influenced street punk band, which you can't really do, right? That would never happen now, but it really happened in the early 2000s. And they were on like SOS. They were like torn with like these different things. They were opening up this gig. And because we were homies with them, uh, they were like in the 20s and my friends and I, we were in our teens years and we went up there and I got to do like uh, Bonzo Goats to Bitburg with the ghouls uh, by the Ramones. So that was like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Only thing cooler than that was the Addicts live show when they were in their damn 60s and they mm -hmm. were, they performed better than I will likely ever perform in my life. Like one band I wish I could have seen, obviously they weren't, I mean, they were long before me, the Buzzcocks. So. Oh, they're one of my favorite bands, man. Like, the Buzzcocks is straight up one of my favorite bands. That's what I was going for when I wrote Stuck Out. So, thank God I didn't get my way. I mean, hey, I, I, I still get, I, I dig it. I got the vinyls, so I still play them. Have you listened to the Exploding Hearts? Nope. What? See, I'm what? not as cool as right? you. Like, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm not your dad or anything, but, like, I mean, the, the, okay, I'll tell the story real quick. All right. The. Saw TSOL in New York City in the attics and Allentown. TSOL is up there on my favorite band. Yes. Justin, because you're listening, I need you to know that Narelle and I play in another band called Academy Order. It's a lot like TSOL. Uh, the listen, write 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 that down, Justin. <laughs> the, the, you will like it if you like TSOL. Uh, the Exploding Hearts was like a like a '77 revival band in the early 2000s. That if they uh, they were from Portland. They played like a good handful of shows in the early 2000s. They had one LP called uh, Guitar Romantic, I want to say. Very good. They're Very they're good. a perfect band. They're like even like replacements, like like uh, Can't Hardly Wait era, like and and like 77 Buzzcocks and what have you. Uh, and the they were like, honestly, like I think if this hadn't happened, they would be a household name like the highest within a couple of years of that. Uh, but they were driving back from San Francisco to Portland one day, which is a hell of a drive, which like it shouldn't be. The whole West Coast is just too big, man. Like the, and they, the, the singer fell asleep at the wheel or one of their guys and two of them were thrown out of the car and died. And so the band just broke up. But what's left is the legacy of their flawless LP guitar romance. So if you like buzzcocks and stuff like that, man, two bands I'm going to recommend that are like of the last 20 years, one of which you're going to be able to see probably whenever they're always touring now. Spiritual Cramp, and go listen. That's the one that's current in the Exploding Hearts. Both very good. Both very good. There's a there's a whole slew of bands. If you like that stuff and you don't have your finger to the pulse, hardcore kids grow the hell up, and they decide that they want to play punk typically. So there's a whole slew where that came from. All right. Well, I have like seven bands now to check out. Thank you for Matthew's that. Matthew's really good at that. He has like an entire. Um, there, there's a Rolodex in my in my head. Uh, Monkey puts on a hell of a show, as Justin says. So. What? Uh, Monkey puts on a hell of a show. Oh yeah, he does, says. man. That man is like eight thousand years old, and but he's <laughs> like he literally full makeup, just like crazy energy, man. It's vaudeville, man. It's crazy. So Justin uh, is is from the scene. Clearly, Justin knows quite a bit about it. So that's awesome, Justin. Glad you were able to join us today, and um, we're getting ready to wrap up. We are at the hour mark, so. Uh, Yes, this has been a great time. It's a pleasure having you guys on the show. We are definitely hanging out for sure. I'm a little like, is that better? Is that a little more hype for you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're going to hang out there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you, had a real um, you had a real gravity, great. Right. <laughs> Please, <laughs> but, um, trash naughty, shoot a gun. Right? The and then drink some Southern Comfort. Right. Right. No, I, I will never touch Southern Comfort again. So that is um, uh, he also called murder junkies in his hometown. Nice. So where are you from, Justin? He is from PA, if I'm correct. Yeah, that's what it says. But you got to be more specific. Did he say Allentown? Um, he said he saw the attics in Allentown. Justin, where are you from? Where are you from? Let us know. Let us know. Justin, where are you from? <laughs> I've decided that no matter what he says, I'm going to act really excited about it. Okay. Right. 
But yeah, so um, I mean, we could hang out at So What Fest if you just like shove me in your suitcase. I mean, I'm small enough. Just like, I will not be shoving you in our suitcase. I'm so sorry, sir. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, Wilkesboro. Can I tell you one more story, and then I'll let you go. Yeah, he's from Wilkesboro. I'm here. Hey, I'm all yours. Let's hear all the story. Right. I'll tell you one more story, and then you can let us go. Uh, the uh, when I was working, I was working at a restaurant in Indianapolis, in like the wealthy neighborhood. Uh, the and this guy came to the counter with a Chromax hoodie, and because the city had like 25 hardcore kids in it, I was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" And he was like older than me, and then he, he came and got some food. And I was like, yo, Romex, who are you? What are you doing? Why are you here? Uh, and, and he was like, oh, I'm just, in, I'm, I'm on here on business, but definitely, I'm going to go see Conflict tonight in Chicago. And I was like, that's not that close. But I was like, yo, can I just like hop in your trunk? And he was like, you could just hop in the front seat, man. Let's go. So I got off work and we went to see, uh, we went to see Conflict that That's night. so sick. So anyway, always follow your dreams is the idea. <laughs> You know, never settle for the trunk of the suitcase. You could probably just come along if we had a bigger van. The so, sure. it's a whole I mean, I could be the driver, whatever you need, or the dummy that just runs around and does dumb stuff and hypes you up. I don't know, whatever. Well, if you like, need yeah. to do that is what it sounds like. <laughs> but uh, so, who else? Uh, we just bearded metal chef. Thanks for popping in. It's a pleasure to have you. And uh, I love bearded metal chef. Good looks. So he's got a glorious beard as well by his name. And um, yeah, so folks, check this is Stud Count out. Check them out um, at Stud Count USA, IG, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, all the major platforms. Uh, support them. Um, and I'm actually going to give you guys some, uh, we'll talk behind stage, uh, some information that may help and get you uh, a little more out there, a little more, some of the songs. Um, and uh Yes. So that's going to wrap this episode up of the sloppy syndicate and uh, any final departing words from the stud count. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us, man. This has been a blast. You and that's I, we have so little in common, but so much all at once. And I really appreciate that about us. We're going to hang out for sure. Um, right. I'll, I'll bring the blanks, you know, that way we can shoot them and just not, you know, it's listen, brother, why make it blanks? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway. <laughs> but, um, folks, I hope we pleasured your ear holes just a little bit on this episode. Until the next episode, keep it sloppy, and we'll see you next time.